Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word Rightly Divided. We're going to be continuing today in our studies going through the book of 1 Thessalonians, and we are here in chapter number 4, and we've been looking at verse number 15, which says, For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. So as we've been looking at some of these issues of the catching out of the saints, which is really what the passage here from verse 13 down through verse 18 is discussing here in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. We've come to this point where the Apostle Paul is speaking about those that are alive at the time of this event. And this is one of those reasons why when we speak about the catching out of the saints... Do you have individuals talk about how that this event could happen at any moment? You know, something that's really kind of referred to as the imminency of the catching out of the saints. And when we look at this and look at really what the scriptures actually talk about, we see that there really are some issues that come up when we're talking about this. So, I want to actually spend a, a few minutes kind of discussing some of these events and why it is that the scriptures are you know, not saying some of the things that people think that the word says. And really when we look at this, and the biggest thing is that the idea is that there's a difference between the idea of imminency and the fact that it can happen at any moment. And that's where the biggest struggle comes in because individuals really kind of make those two things actually mean the exact same thing when they really do not. And how the issue is that, you know, Imminency is the actual truth of what God's word says. The fact it could be any moment is actually a problem. And when we look at the idea of this thing of, you know, this whole idea of the scriptures talking about any moment things happening, let's turn over to the Gospel of Luke and Luke chapter number. 19 here where we're going to see how there was this thought that individuals had here and here in Luke chapter number 19 we'll read here verse number 11 to start with it says and as they heard these things he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God should immediately appear. So here they are. They're about to go into Jerusalem. And their thought process was that because this was going 
to happen that he was going to be entering into Jerusalem, they thought that the kingdom was going to happen right at that point in time. And you see how from this parable, and we're going to read through it, that it's clear that this is not the case. Verse 12 of Luke 19. He said, Therefore a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said, Likewise to him, be thou also over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. For I feared thee, because thou art an austere man. Thou takest up that thou layest not down, and reapest that thou didst not sow. And he saith unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that I did, that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore then gavest not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required my own with usury? And he said unto them that stood by, Take from him the pound, and give it to him that hath ten pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. For I say unto you that unto every one which hath shall be given, and from him that hath not, even that he hath, shall be taken away from him. But those that mine enemies, which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. Now, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about the doctrinal information of this parable other than to really point out the fact that as the Lord Jesus Christ is laying this out, that it's very clear that there is a period of time between him going away and the setting up of the kingdom. Even though they had this thought process of that it was going to be immediate happening right at that moment that he's really giving him the issue of that it is imminent it's about to happen but not going to happen right at that moment we see something very similar acts chapter number one and this is going to be a discussion that happens right as he's about to ascend up into heaven and again, this is the disciples having a conversation with the Lord Jesus Christ here. In verse 6 of Acts chapter number 1 says, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? So here they were 
thinking that this was going to happen immediately at this point of that he's there with them and that this is going to happen. Now we re- read the answer here in verses 7 and 8. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So we see how the answer to the disciples is the fact that they're not to know the times or the seasons. Doesn't tell them exactly when it's going to happen other than they know that this is actually going to occur. Now, when we look at the things of what the Apostle Paul has written we can see how from a couple different passages that Paul makes it clear that it's imminent. It's not something that's going to happen at any moment because there's certain things that Paul makes clear have to occur before that event actually happens. We see let's go over to Second Thessalonians. We'll go to Second Thessalonians chapter number two. And when we finally get to Second Thessalonians two, we'll spend a lot more time actually dealing with what that passage is actually saying here in First Thessalonians chapter number two. But we're gonna Read here, starting at verse number 1, which says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, shewing himself that he... Is God. So we have here the Apostle Paul identifying that the day of Christ cannot happen except for the fact that there is going to be a couple of things that are going to happen first. One of them is that there would be a falling away first. And we're actually going to look at a couple passages that are going to actually describe what Paul means by a falling away related to the body of Christ. And then the fact that the son of perdition being revealed, verse 4, defining what that revealing is actually meaning. Now, 
as Paul writes to Timothy in the epistles that he wrote to him, we see how Paul can actually write and identify some things that are going to happen. We turn over to 1 Timothy chapter number 4. And we're going to see both of these, the next two passages that we're going to be looking at here are both going to be using this, you know, the phrase talking about latter times and last days, talking about what's going to happen at the end of this dispensation. We start here in 1 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to read the first three verses here. It says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. So, as Paul's writing here, he speaks about what's going to happen in a time that he's identifying here and calling the latter times. And how in this period that he's calling the latter times, that there's going to be an issue of people who are going to be giving in to these seducing spirits and doctrines of devils and how, you know, and when we combine this with the next passage that we're going to be looking at, because the immediate thing that someone says, well, that's happening now. You know, individuals are thinking, for Paul to be writing this means that this is something that's going to happen that's going to get worse than what he is writing about here by the fact that he's giving a warning about it because we know even from Paul's time that there were individuals who were walked away from the truth they had been given to him. In fact, in 2 Timothy in chapter 1, he talks about how all that are in Asia have turned away from him. He starts naming names of individuals who've turned away from the truth. He also gives information about how to help people recover from that in chapter 2 of 2 Timothy where he starts talking about helping those recover from the snare of the devil. Now, if he's going to be talking about that, it means that people can recover from those things, which means that we're not at the point of where Paul's writing about in 1 Timothy chapter 4.1, talking about the latter times. Let's turn over to 2 Timothy chapter number 3. We're going to see a passage here that, you know, so many times individuals will look at this and they'll start talking about how this is describing today. And yes, all of these things that we're going to see here are going to be true of what the world looks like 
but he's not giving a warning about what the world is going to look like. The Apostle Paul is talking about what saved individuals are going to look like as we're approaching the last days. And this is the last days of this dispensation. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lusts, ever learning, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning their faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. So we see all of these different things that the Apostle Paul is speaking of that are going to be describing members of the body of Christ in the last days and how all of these things that we see are going to result from individuals failing to follow the doctrine which was given to the Apostle Paul as individuals start walking away from the truth of God's word and start following of where Paul says about Demas that Demas hath forsaken me having loved this present world. That individuals start loving this present world more than they love the things of the word of God. And as that happens, they walk away from the truth. And as they walk away from the truth and start stop applying the word of God to themselves, the end result is going to be that they will look like these things. Paul continues on. And as he's writing to Timothy, starts describing some things here. Verse 10 of 2 Timothy 3. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. And he's holding up these things that Timothy would have known about that we can see that are recorded for us in the Word of God. When you look at the things of Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, you see those events being described in the book of Acts. So when Paul says, and we're going to read verses 12, 13, and 14 now, Yea, and all that will of godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 
but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And when you read in verse number 12, the issue of where Paul says, Yea, and all that will godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And the unfortunate thing for so many individuals is how they view that idea of persecution and look at it as if, well, you know, somebody called me a bad name when I went to share the gospel with them today and because they called me a bad name I suffered persecution in the eyes of the Lord and I suffered for him in that manner when you look at what happened in Antioch Iconium and Lystra to the Apostle Paul and I'm saying that because this is the example that Paul is holding up to Timothy, you see how it was much more than that idea of, well, somebody called me a bad name. You see how Paul, all the things that he suffered, in fact, it describes how he he was stoned essentially to death. They grabbed his body, threw it out of the city, thinking that they had killed him. He stood up, dusted himself off, and just went unto the next town, continuing to preach the message that had been given to him by the Lord Jesus Christ to be preaching. That was suffering the true idea of persecution as Paul holds this up. Paul says that yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So there's a time coming when all those who are part of the body of Christ are going to be suffering persecution. There is nobody in the United States today that could truly describe what is happening to them and calling it persecution for preaching the gospel message. And preaching the gospel message is the only thing which can provide salvation for somebody today. Is what Paul records in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter number 15. The fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried. And that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. And belief in that and that alone is what provides salvation today. We have a liberty to be able to proclaim this message. Yes, it might hurt relationships with other people. We might get called names. But we're not going to be thrown into a prison. We're not going to be beaten we're not going to be killed yet for preaching this message. What Paul is saying, that time is coming. And when all of those things that we've just read in Timothy happen, 
that's when the issue of that it can happen at any moment we can see that it looks like we're getting closer and closer to being towards those last days or latter times as Paul describes them but we're not there yet and the way that we make sure that we're not there is we remain faithful preaching this message having that outreach sharing this gospel so people can have salvation and we'll continue looking at some things related to the catching out of the saints in next week's broadcast now as we close here i'd like to remind everyone of our website which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org and on our website we have a number of study articles we have some charts to help you in your study of god's word we have information on how to join our sunday services and our wednesday night bible study as they're being broadcast live on facebook as always if you are in the buffalo area we would love to have you join us on sunday mornings 9 a.m at 83 anderson road to holiday inn express to study with us at that time and as always, if you have any questions, comments, feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.